welcome to the music room with Aileen Miracle and today I have with me Emily Cars again I'm super excited to be talking with Emily as part of episode 24 which is going to be about rejuvenating and refreshing um, over winter break mm -hmm. and you know different things that you can do to help rejuvenate your teaching and just you as a person you heard Emily um, on my episode about steam in the music mm -hmm. classroom which was super fun and I can link to that in the show notes and if you're looking for the show notes you can go to my blog at mrsmiraclesmusicroom.com and uh, just look for a podcast and then Click on episode 24. All right, so refreshing and rejuvenating over winter break. Um, I wanted to come to Emily about this because I just know she's so good at, about just like reading and really taking care of herself. Mm -hmm. And so, and then Emily and I had a conversation about her being on the podcast again. And she wrote a blog post, which I can link to that as yeah. well. Um, all about what, what did you call your? blog post. I think I called it renewal in the holiday season, mostly yeah. because I kind of have a, have a theory about holidays. I feel that Thanksgiving is a time for reflecting over what went well and being grateful and uh, gracious for all the blessings that you have in your life. And we've gotten through that and hopefully we had our times to be thankful and look at our lives and just be like, oh wow, we're so blessed. Um, but then I feel that Christmas and the new year each serve a really important purpose for ending and beginning our years on the right foot. So when it comes to Christmas or the holiday season, I think of this as a time for pause and rest and reflection. Um, I kind of think of it as in terms of like running a race. This would be the time when you're getting on your mark. You're like preparing yourself. And then when the new year hits, hopefully after all that rest and rejuvenation and goal setting and all the stuff you've invested into yourself during this break, you are on your mark and then you're running your race hard in 2019 and it doesn't feel burdensome or tiresome because you fully prepared for it. Yeah, that's a great way of looking at it. All right, so in, in that blog post mm -hmm. that we just talked about, so Emily has a blog at emilycarse.com. That's, that's correct. it, yeah. Um, and it's a great blog, like a lifestyle. Blog yeah, very lifestyley. Yeah, I'd say. and she is a music teacher. I guess I mm -hmm. should. If, oh if, yeah. If in case people haven't like heard the Steam Education podcast, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So I'm a third year teacher. Um, I am teaching at Wyandotte Run Elementary School, which is in the Olentangy School District. Aileen was my cooperating teacher and literally taught me everything I know. <laughs> and now, <laughs> not I'm, really, but yeah, thanks. <laughs> So now I'm doing my own thing at the same district, which is a really cool kind of blessing because we still get to cross paths a lot. Um, but now I'm running my own program, which has been so fun and so challenging. And I also graduated last year from Ohio State's Educational Administration and Leadership Master's program. Um, it was a one-year accelerated program. It was really cool and really made me stretch my muscles about education and some of the educational research that's current and best practices in our teaching and what's cool about being a special areas teacher is that you can take all that stuff that's really like kind of oriented toward a more classroom experience and look at your own teaching in a really unique way, which is something I've been exploring this year. And like Aileen said, I also am running a lifestyle blog out of emilycarst.com, um, which is kind of where my out of school passions lie is talking about how to do life the best way we can and the most enjoyable way we can. So over there I'm talking about like recipes, reading, music, uh, just kind of reflections on best practice living. Yeah. Um, so we talk about best practice teaching a lot here on the podcast and we're going to do that today. But um, yeah, my like out of school work is more about doing that in your day to day life. Yeah. Awesome. So on that in that blog post, um, she broke down, you know, renewal over winter break into mm -hmm. head, heart, spirit and body mm -hmm. and once I read that blog post I texted her and was like we should totally do that for the podcast so yeah. that's how we're going to split it up today so um, a lot of what we're talking about will be music teaching related but then some of it will just be like how to take care of yourself because I understand we both understand how busy it can be during yeah. the holiday season yeah I know when I in my last school district I would sometimes have because I also taught at a church I taught like you know Sunday school music at a church and then I had like three mm -hmm. two or three schools depending on the year and sometimes I would have at least eight or nine concerts oh. so um this that year <laughs> yeah I was so 
thankfully, over the last many years, I've whittled that down and I have other parts of the year that are more stressful than December. I try to keep December pretty um, stress-free if I can. Um, But I understand a lot of you out there don't really have a choice and you are probably pretty stressed out. Mm -hmm. Um, So I thought it would be good to just talk about how to kind of, you know, hit the reset button. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So first we're going to start with head. Yeah. So talking about your head, there's a lot of different ways to kind of invest in your brainy space without making yourself tired. One of my biggest ones is during the school year, I'm constantly saying like, gosh, I wish I had more time to read. Not just like school books, even though that's fascinating to me, but to just read about other things, um, to read about things outside of the education world that fascinate me, and then just read good stories. Mm-hmm. Um, a story really well told is so enriching, but as teachers, we sometimes have to be constantly looking at like the new research or the next um, music teacher blog post or whatever to prepare for school that we can kind of lose track of our our extracurricular reading lives that I think is so enriching. Um, so my plan is to use this time over the break to really invest in my reading life. And that means that even though I may be tempted to sit on my couch and watch like Elf on repeat for like (laughs) the entire break and Uh just sit there and veg my brain out, instead I'm going to sit by my Christmas tree, I'm going to get a glass of wine, I'm going to get a stack of books, and I'm going to work my way through them. And I think when I get out of the break, I'm going to be inspired in so many different ways because I looked at all these things that were outside of my normal realm and I use this reading time well so that by the time I get to January, I'm like, okay, like I'm feeling good about myself, ready to jump back into teaching because I've stretched my outside teaching brain space. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were thinking we might share a few that we are loving lately yeah. so you can add them to your to be read stack. You want yeah. to start? Yeah, sure. Um, so I have a couple that are educational and then one that's just for fun. Um, and I will go ahead and say that given time, I am an avid reader. I yeah. absolutely love to read. Um, but I was just reflecting last night on how little I've been reading lately, especially mm-hmm. just reading for fun because I'm so busy. And I, I was actually organizing. Um, we got all new furniture in my living room, which is super fun. Um, but I was reorganizing our old end tables and yeah. taking everything out. And I found a bunch of books that a couple of them I totally didn't realize I even had. Yeah. And that's sad, you know? So um, I decided that every night I would, even if it's just for for like 15 minutes, I would just take one of my books and just read for 15 minutes. That's so good. I think it's really important that we have that time of just like losing ourselves in a good book or losing yourselves in a good movie or whatever and just like allowing that to happen Mm -hmm. so that you're not constantly thinking about what am I doing next? What am I doing next? I have this to do. I have that to do because it's so easy to do that, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, and I think that's also a skill you have to practice like I have had to kind of build my focus muscle because I'm so like task oriented as a person that sometimes I would struggle to sit down and be like okay I'm reading this but shoot I didn't read that whole page because in my brain I was thinking about what outfit am I going to wear tomorrow yeah um so that's had to be something I've had to practice like you're going to sit here and for one hour you're going to single task yeah I think like as productive people and especially in teaching we're so praised for multitasking yes and it is so great to be able to do it but also, it's equally important to be able to single task because yes. like in our relationships, um, it just in our overall wellness, we want to be able to do one thing really well. Yes. And reading a book, a really good book, can do that for you. For sure. All right. So the two that I have as great educational reads, which I may have um, discussed before on the podcast, are actually, I think, both from you. Oh, I love them. I love these so much. So at some point, Emily got these for me as like a birthday gift or Christmas mm-hmm. gift. So grit is a mm-hmm. really great read. So good. About how to instill grit into students. I really should go back and reread that I'm going to, Because too. it's so good. Yeah. I think as a parent and as a teacher, it's just fantastic. It's really good. And I just, I think so many students nowadays, because not to get on my soapbox, but I just think like so many kids have been raised in this world where Mm -hmm. they want to be perfect at everything they never want to fail and often at least in certain parts of the country you have parents who are willing to swoop in and you know kind of save their poor child from any kind of trauma or any kind of hurt at all and then 
the child goes on to college and thinks that their parents are still going to do that for them. And mm-hmm. sometimes the parent still tries to do that. So um, it's a really great read. And then another great educational book is Growth Mindset. Yeah, love really that great, one. Really great. So if you're if you've heard that phrase before and you are interested, it is a really great read and so applicable to any classroom, including a music yeah. classroom. And both of those books are very narrative in their tell. It's nonfiction, but it's really narrative oriented. So they're telling you stories to yeah. help you understand. Mm-hmm. It's not dry or textbooky at all. So that's no. a really good, super easy. Yeah, race. if you're looking yeah. for a tipping point into like educational research, those are great starts. Yes. And then one that I actually listened to um, as an audiobook, not as a book. So that's a great way. If you have like a half hour drive or mm-hmm. more, it's really great to be able to listen to. Maybe you're yeah. listening to this podcast right now in your car, but it's also audiobooks are also um, a great option. So, Girl on a Train, have you oh, ever I read, read that? it? It's, yes, this is a polarizing so book. Uh-huh. People, people feel lots of different ways about that. I really liked it. I yeah. have friends who hated it. Really? Yes. I think it's. If you like an unreliable narrator, yeah, you will love this. Yeah. If you cannot stand an unreliable narrator, don't read this. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. I never really thought about that. Because you can't trust her. No, you can't. But it's really good. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good if you love it. Yeah, this is one that I actually had to like. I was just listening in the car, but then it got to a point where it was so good that I had to like yes. stop and just listen to it at home, folding laundry or whatever. Yes, it's that's really the test of a really good audiobook. And yeah. Fun fact, the research says your brain behaves exactly the same reading books from a page as listening to an audiobook. Really? There's no discernible brain science difference. That is so cool. Isn't that I've never heard that. So yeah. really, like, readers and librarians now are using are using audiobooks, and they would say you read that book. Yeah. Because your brain behaved as if it read right. it. Right. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And it's just, it's just helpful, like I said, if you have a long drive and you don't feel like you have the time to sit down yes. with a good book. Um Audiobooks are a great option. I actually read Growth Mindset as an audiobook. And really? It's, yeah. yeah, and it's read by Carol Dweck, who did uh-huh. all the research. Right. And just listening to her passion about it, yeah. like listening to her break it down, it's like being like front row to the best conference presentation you'll ever go to. Mm. It's really cool. That's awesome. We could probably talk about this one subject forever. We could. So we probably yes. better get moving. Yeah. Okay. Um, mine are in a bunch of different categories. So I'm just hoping to appeal to all of my different kinds of readers who would be listening. One is Unbroken. This is a World War II story um, about a track star turned um, soldier turned POW. And it's not dense, so readable, completely nonfiction, but it's called narrative nonfiction. So it reads like a novel, mm-hmm. all true. So good. And a really good like kind of project we read if you wanted to get out of strictly fiction or strictly nonfiction and yeah. kind of bridge to the other side. Unbroken is a great one for that. And there's a really good movie that you can reward yourself with when you're done. Yeah, I've heard good things about it. Oh, it's so check it good. Out. Very inspiring. Um, we Were the Lucky Ones. It's also a World War II story. I've been on a bit of a World War II campus, <laughs> as you can tell. Um, this one is about a Polish family based on a true story, but it's written as a novel. Um, that survived, for the most part, World War II. And it tells the stories of like their close brushes with death all the way through the war um and you get a really cool look at like the polish experience of world war ii mm-hmm. which i had never really read before and it's it's just so cool written from a descendant of that family just like the most compulsively readable can't put it down kind of book awesome and then if you're looking for like more of a hallmarky christmasy love story pick this one's like fluffy easy to read you'll fly through it it's called one day in december and it's the story of how a woman in London caught a glimpse of a guy at a bus stop when she was going by on this red bus, um, whatever they call the London red buses, right? Um, and instantly fell in love with him and then spent all this time finding him and like a whole bunch of different hijinks ensue in the story. Um, but it's just really fun. It's a fun read. It's like watching a Hallmark movie, but it's not terrible. That's awesome. <laughs> Um, sorry to all the Hallmark fans. I just offended. <laughs> um, finally, Woman in the Window is this um, kind of high-pressure thriller book, also with an unreliable narrator, but she's likable. Like, you're rooting for her, yeah. even though you're like, get your stuff together. Right. You're also rooting for her. <laughs> and the stuff that happens to her is crazy. I feel like there's so many twisty novels now that, like, 
sometimes you see the twist coming. Now right. that we're like kind of conditioned to be like, there's going to be a twist. Right. I knew there was going to be a twist, but I did not see it coming. When I read what it was, I was like, what? Oh, now I really so, want to read it. <laughs> but it's on my bookshop. I'll give it to you. Okay. Cool. Um, so, so, so good. That's a great one for, um, like if you're trying to replace Netflix with a book, yeah. and you need something that's like fast paced and readable mm-hmm. and will catch your attention like a Netflix show would. This was a great pick. Awesome. We'll have those all linked in show notes. Yes. All right. So along with um, really renewing over winter break and in the head category, mm-hmm. we're going to go with goal setting. We're going to talk about that. So I really think it's so important halfway through the year. For me, this is halfway through the year. Maybe yeah. for some of you, you might have started like after Labor Day. But for us, because we start yeah. like in the middle of August, yeah. um, when winter break starts, that's like the end of our semester. Mm-hmm. So really halfway through the year, I think it's so important to really think about what has worked well and what's been a struggle because that really helps inform our decisions and our lesson planning for, you know, the next part of the year. So um, what has worked well for you? One of my favorite things I've been doing this year and last year is a class progress tracking form, um, which maybe I could dig up a link to. I know I've shared it with you too. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it too. It's very simple. It's just a chart with kind of like the across the top, like in the columns, there's like the first initial of each teacher. So if one page was labeled third grade, I might have like L M Z A first initials of the last names of those classes. Mm -hmm. Then along the rows, like down the rows along the left side of the page, I'm going to hand write in the activities that I want to cover. So that's my shorthand only for my eyes, really quick list of like, okay, I want to do Dinah. Mm-hmm. And then I might make a note underneath. I want to also do a Rhythmic Ostinato with this. Right. So all the things I know I want to touch, right. but none of the like weighty details that might be in my larger lesson plan. Yes. Um, and then I keep it on a clipboard with me. And as I teach, when I get done, I check, 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 which feels so good for my task-oriented personality to just be like, I'm done, next, moving on. And I just check my way through my day. And then if like weird circumstances come up with like a behavior issue Mm -hmm. or I had a kid pull a fire alarm today. That's a whole, we'll debrief about that. Oh my goodness. Um, Anyway, if it's a behavior issue or some other thing that pops up that like derails things and there's something I didn't get to, I put a blank box in the square that would have gone with that class or that activity. Right. And at the end of the week, before I throw everything away and move on to the next plans, I go into the next week's notes, make a note for that class, and say, cover the rhythmic ostinato and Dinah because I didn't get to it last week. Yeah. And it helps me to keep everyone on the truly same page yes. without feeling like I'm losing my ever-loving mind. Yeah. That has helped me so much to cover everything with every class and yeah. do it as you go away and not a big extra step to my to-do list. Yeah, so I've been using that checklist since you shared Mm -hmm. it with me last year, but I've not been good about going into the next lesson Mm -hmm. and writing that down. That's a really great point. But I've been using it for like, you know, if I thought I was going to get to this part of the lesson, like fifth grade, I thought with my most recent lesson, I was going to get to ukulele and I didn't. Yeah, We ended up like adding ORF instruments to Liza Jane, but not adding ukulele. So... I know for, you know, for the rest of the lessons. And then if I were to teach that same lesson again next yeah. year, there's no time for ukuleles, you know? Yes. Oh, um, that's smart too, to yeah. make notes for next year. That's really smart too. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah, so that. And then I think the other thing that's really working for me is special area team expectations. Um, so if in our schools, the fifth graders do like a – dollar system mm-hmm. which all the fifth grade teachers use and it's this common language that helps them like provide consequences and like discipline and behavior management for their kiddos as a unit instead of like teacher to teacher so instead of each classroom having their own kind of currency system the grade has worked together to make one thing that works across the board and because of that when you see a fifth grader acting like a fool, you can say, you just lost $5. And they're like, oh, no, because there's a commonality in language. Mm -hmm. So the special area team and me met this 
uh, beginning of the school year and said, like, we really want to get on the same page too. Like, we want to be able to be a true team where if something occurs in one of our classes, there's some sort of, like, commonality in the way that would reflect other classes. So at the beginning of the year, we set out this big plan for special area team expectations, point system, um, like how many strikes you're going to get, what the consequences mm-hmm. are, and the language is totally the same. So whether they're in my class, in gym, in art, guidance, library, whatever, if you hear strike one, the consequences are identical. So yeah. you like kind of have an idea in your mind of like how far to push people. And for people in our team that were struggling with management, this helped them to feel really supported well because they could pull in other people to kind of like uh, work together on a problem instead mm-hmm. of being like I'm in on my own and I have this like random system that's not connected to anything right so that's been working super well this year that's great yeah we have something like that in fifth grade but no mm-hmm. other grade level so yeah it would be nice to be uniform for sure it was cool all right so what has what hasn't worked for you oh this makes me sad because it's never worked for me <laughs> never in the three years I've been teaching year planning uh-huh. every August I sit myself down for hours and hours and like make these massive year plans that are detailed and all this stuff. And then at the beginning of the year, I put them on my wall. And then every, I try so hard to be diligent to like look at them when I'm planning. But every single year around December, I look at those things and I'm like, nope, not <laughs> no. Mostly because I'll do like, like right now I'm doing a soundtrack project, which is a new Steam project I'm kind of. Oh, working fun. through the oh my gosh it's awesome we're gonna talk about this when we're not on camera or okay whatever this is yeah Mike Mike, Mike yeah. whatever <laughs> um, so anyway I'm doing the soundtrack project it's the best the kids are so engaged but I put it in for three weeks we're on week five so got a little derailed but the kids are loving it and they're learning so much and they're so engaged that I'm like well I'm not gonna like just for the sake of my plan. Right. Cut off this learning that's happening. Yeah. Like, their learning has to be organic. Yes. And if they're engaging well with this and they're really learning something, then we have to stick here. Right. And that's happened to me enough times that everybody is slightly off. Yes. Because I didn't feel right as a teacher moving past something that either they didn't understand or they weren't completely finished with or hadn't run to ground. So I'm not happy with the way that that has looked. But that kind of leads us into what this break is for, which is you're like looking ahead, reflection, and setting goals. And this is not like an opportunity to beat yourself up and be like, oh, Emily, like what's wrong with you? Why can't you stick to your year plans? No, because I know that my not sticking to my year plans does not come from being disorganized, but from letting my love of being organized come second to learning. And I know it came from a good place. Right. But I also know I would like to have a reliable year plan to structure my year. So looking to the future, I would like to use my past lessons next year. I would like to use these lessons, and yes, that's going to be very meticulous and time, like, um, extensive, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I want to use these lessons to really track my progress through the year in a more realistic way. Uh-huh. So my plans are conservative right. instead of super progressive in right. my goals. Right. Um, the other thing that would save me so much time and would just make my life so happy is if I would get to where I would include links for the materials that I will need in the year plan so that when I get to December week two, I can just be like, boom, 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 there's all the pieces, put it together, there's the plan, moving on. Mm -hmm. Um, Because right now it's kind of like, in my year plan I'll write something like, oh, um, tick a tick a poison pattern game. Mm -hmm. And then I'll go to play my lesson and I can't find it and it's because I actually got into just the teachers and I downloaded it but I never saved it. It's like this whole thing and I would love to have a really useful year plan document. Yeah. That's my goal. So, okay, a couple of things as you're talking that I thought of. That is actually what I, a lot of what I worked on this summer with that class was taking the lesson plans that um, I have used before that I know work well. Mm-hmm. printing them out, knowing full yes. well I could totally change these. Yes. Like, it wasn't like I was like, no, I must stick to the lesson plan. I just knew like this should probably work, but mm-hmm. maybe I'll change it. And then printing out all of the materials yep. I would need with it. And then in my agenda, because I, I use a PowerPoint agenda, yep. I linked everything that I needed oh, that is or beautiful. almost everything. 
so that like when I got to that lesson, everything was right there. And that has been such wow. a time saver. It's so that transforming your life. Yes. So that kind of segues into what has worked well for me. Yeah. That has totally worked well for me. Because That's awesome. I feel like I know exactly where my kids are going because I really spent so much time this summer looking at that, you know? Yep. Um, but the other thing I was going to say about because I, I think, yeah, that you're not alone. Your plans like that when you're looking at the full yep. year don't always work for people, especially yep. when you're doing – you do so much project work. Yes. That it's really hard to say, like, how much time something is going to take. Yes. So you might – have you considered doing just, like, two months at a time? Oh, that's a good idea. No. I think I'm, like, such a bite it off, get it done, check it off person yeah. that I've thought of it only in a year plan format. But maybe my style of teaching is actually more – it would be more helpful to have a two Yeah, year, and you could have, like, a good year. idea of what you're going to do later in the year. Like, yeah. later in the year, these are some Like ideas. a rough outline of ideas, yeah. but not a schedule. Yes. Ooh, that's good. Yeah, that's what I, I, I actually have done that with fifth grade recently. Oh, okay, because yeah, because my teaching is very unit-oriented. Yes. And not so much, like, week to week to week to week to week. Yes. Okay, I love that. That's okay. a really cool idea. Okay, good. All right, so... Um, so, yeah, the whole, like, I have done a lot more student-centered learning this year. And yeah. I'm really yeah. excited about it. Um, I've done some centers where students have gotten to choose which center they go to. Yes. I just recently tried out escape rooms, which oh is my super gosh. fun. I got to participate in one of her escape rooms. <laughs> oh, my god. We did, gosh. like, a music PD escape room. Literally it was really fun. the coolest idea. Oh, thank I'll you. I'll probably never get the gumption up to do any of it, but I loved it. It was really fun. And I, I got that idea. Well, I've seen escape rooms for a while, so this is, like, uh, other teachers yeah. and other subjects have done them. But then t- um, Carrie um, from Music Teacher Coffee Talk did, like, an IGTV and a Facebook video about escape rooms in the music room and it just got me thinking more about like well how could I yep. do this specifically in the music room so then I really brainstormed a lot and you know came up with my own and the kids are super pumped like I actually yeah. had I had a um, third grade boy say to me Mrs. Miracle this is the best thing you've ever done <laughs> Oh my goodness, I love that. That's awesome. So, you know, it went really well. And I had a bunch of kids like, when are we going to do that again? And I was like, well, we can't do it next time because it's something you really got to space out. You can't keep doing them. It's like, it could be a little bit stressful and material heavy. So that would be the thing I would say that has not gone as well is I got so excited about everything I was doing and all these like differentiation with centers and choice and escape rooms and, you know, all these things that I didn't consider how much time it would take to mm-hmm. make all of that and how many like materials you would need for everything and keeping track of which kid is going to which center and whatever. Oh, gosh, yes. So <laughs> I really need to consider that when I'm looking at my lesson yes. plans, like not making sure that only one grade level is doing escape room yep. or centers at a time yep. and just giving myself the grace to be like, you know what, I'm going to do that later. Like. Mm-hmm. Because I get so passionate and excited about an idea that I'm like, yes, I got to do that. But then, like, I don't consider, okay, well, now you're staying at school until God knows when just to get things done. Mm -hmm. And I want to be home with my family, you know? So, yeah. To that point, one of the things that's really been working for me this year is fifth grade and fourth grade work studies. So, hear me out on this. Um, (laughs) I am not far out of college. And when I was in college, my choir director in college had work studies who worked for her. And they made actual money, but they would run the copies and every errand and get coffee. And, like, she just worked them like crazy. And because of that, her life was manageable because she had it all done. So you, like me, might have fourth and fifth grade kiddos that would like nothing more than to pick up copies for you during mm-hmm. their instead of indoor recess. And so I have been using that, and I have, like, this whole chart and a system because it's so popular. Like, the kids are dying to come down to my room and, like, push in my chairs and sweep my floor and, like, make copies because instead of being, like, trapped in their classroom, they just want to get out. Like, have conversation with me and, like, do stuff. And so we'll work on stuff together. Like, we'll cut things out and hang out. And it helps to, like, 
really have relationships with the kids. But yes. Like, yes. Wow. When it comes to that teacher busy work, it's like, oh my gosh, if I have to cut out flashcards for one more second, I'm going to die. Yeah. Give it to a fifth grader. They'll love it. Yeah. I love I it. I mean, when I've given work to students, they have absolutely loved yes. it. Yes. So I really should probably do that more and stop being yep. a control freak. No. You're not. <laughs> You're not. Well, I think like I, I worry like, well, in order for someone else to do this, I'm going to have to sit here and explain how to do yeah. it. So it's not really a control freak issue. It's like a issue of, well, I'm going to have to explain A, B, and C yep. to them. Like front-end investment. Yeah. But what's nice is if you had a group of kids who knew how to put together an escape room, like they would always do it. That's true. You would just be like, I'm going to do this. Feel free to come down if you want. And they would be like, oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. That's true. That's mm -hmm. true. Good point. Okay. Moving along. Um, so, you know, just – I think it's so important to look back at how the year's gone so far and then look forward to what am I going to change from here? Yeah. Or what are my goals from here? Yeah. Um, all right. And then we kind of talked about creating an overview. Yeah. By of the two coming, months. coming months. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's really helped me. All right. And just giving yourself grace. It is okay if you did not get to everything yeah. that you wanted to. I think yep. it's so hard as a music teacher, a special areas teacher, because you're seeing the students maybe only once or twice a week. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have assemblies and snow days and all sorts of things that can get in the way. And then we have this guilt that we didn't get to everything. Yeah. But the thing is, is sometimes when we decide to not teach something yet, it's because the kids need to still practice something yes. else. Like the previous concept, they're not as solid on as you thought they would be. So go ahead and take that time. There is yes. no shame in taking the time that you need. Yep. Because we teach actual kids and kids are humans and they grow and develop at different rates. And it might not be matching our exact schedule um, requirements, but they're still kids and they're still people and we can teach them as individuals. And it doesn't have to reflect poorly on us if our kiddos need an extra week to finish their coding project. That right. doesn't have to reflect on us. Right. It just means they need the time, and we can give it to them. Yeah, and if something doesn't go the way that you planned it to, that's totally fine, too. Yes, and I would say, too, if you have not failed a couple times a year, you probably are trying hard enough to get out of your shell and try something new. If you are not falling on your face a couple times and laughing and be like, huh, that didn't work, <laughs> you probably aren't trying the things that are going to revolutionize your teaching. Right. Because... The biggest thing that I have tried and like fallen in love with and gotten me so passionate about what I'm doing are things that I was like, is this going to even work? Yeah. And then it did. It's scary. Yeah. Some things are scary. Yes. Yeah. But there are certainly times when I was like, is this going to even work? And it didn't. And that's fine. Yeah. I know. Well, it's like growth mindset. Yep. It totally goes along with growth mindset. Yep. Just do something a little bit. So this is our challenge to you. Do something a little bit scary. Plan for something a little bit scary that mm -hmm. brings you outside your comfort zone. Try an escape room yep. or try um, a project or try some kind yep. of technology or just do, push yourself a little bit to do something a little different. Yep. And if it doesn't go well, it's okay. Yep. But it, but it may go really well and you might fall in love with a new project. Yeah. Try to see the success as doing it, not the success in how it went. Yes. All right, so moving on to, we spent a lot of time on head, but we now we're going to move a on lot of time on everything. <laughs> so we're going to move on to heart. So first, I thought it would just be good to touch upon relationships with students, just kind of reflecting on the relationships that you've mm -hmm. made with students. Um, our district this year is focusing on, this is kind of like our district initiative, is to build relationships with students not as like this separate thing that you're doing, but through your teaching. Yep. How can you build relationships with students? And I feel like because we've been almost given permission, like yes. this is important to the district, this is important to the school, that I am spending a little bit more time talking to students Yep. because I know that's important. Yep. And I've been given the permission and the encouragement actually to do it. Mm -hmm. Where I feel like when I was a younger teacher, and especially when we had 35-minute classes, you know, like a kid would start to tell me a story about their life, and I'd be like, okay, great, that's wonderful. Boom, let's move on. Because yep. I felt so rushed, yep. and I worried that if I spent too much time talking to a kid, then I wouldn't get to what I need to. When in reality, if you spend more time talking to the kid, you'll get further in your curriculum because they will trust you. They are there bought in. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think... The key to relationships, not just with kids, but with anyone, is asking a question 
that you actually care about the answer to, listening really well, and then asking a follow-up question. Because I think the amount of times a kid gets asked, so what was the coolest thing you did over Thanksgiving break? And then they tell you, and then the teacher would follow up with like, wow, that's really cool. Do you think you'll do it next year? That doesn't happen a lot for kids. Like there's a lot of like, how was this? How was that? Oh, cool. And then you move yes. on. But I don't think our kids get a lot of conversation from their teachers. And so that's something I've been trying to focus on is like, I really want to listen to the kids as people. I really want to talk to them as if they were my friend when, it, when I can. And yeah. I know that's not all the time, but when I can do it, I really want to do it. Yeah. Uh, I want to value them mm-hmm. because why are we doing this if we don't think that kids are really cool and really important and worth knowing and loving? Right. And I do know and love my kids, and I think that's the reason I come to work every day. Mm-hmm. And if I get so involved in the teaching and what I'm doing and what I'm checking off my list that I no longer know what so-and-so's dog's name is and how so-and-so's mom is doing, like – then it's not really worth it anymore. Like right. that's the reason we do what we do. And we should say it is really hard to know oh, your students yeah. when you have 600 plus students, even if you have 300 students yep. or yep. one. I mean, it's it's hard no matter what as a music teacher who teaches more than 25 kids. So we're not saying like you have to know specific details about everybody, but right. I think just really trying to get to know them and asking those questions yep. is And I think a, a kid feels step. known by you. Like, I have 700 kids, so I'm not going to tell you I know all of them at all. Right. But when I can pass a kid and be like, oh, yeah, like, how was that trip to Disney? Yes. They feel known by you. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, you know about me. And yeah. I know you. And we're not just You noticed human. I was not here. Yes. yes. And we're not just people who exist at the same time, the same place. Right. We have a relationship. Right. Um, and so I'm trying to be really intentional about that to the point that I will even make notes and be like, that's great. So-and-so is doing this. And yeah. then- That'll jog my memory for when I see them again to follow up like I would a friend or yeah. any other person in my world. You could actually write that on your lesson tracker. I could. <laughs> and I should. That is genius. Um, one of my big tricks, though, for this is if you have a planning period, I know this is asking a lot because we love our planning periods. Me, probably more than the average bear because I love to get <laughs> stuff done. Um, but during your planning period, if you can occasionally drop by a lunch and just like plop down with a group of kids and be like, hey, what's up? And just ask them a bunch of questions about everything, about their dog and what sports they play and, like, if they share a room with their sister and what's that like and just, like, bunches of crazy whatever stuff and let them talk to you and learn about them. Mm -hmm. I really think that's where it happens. But it does take a little sacrifice and intentionality is the easiest thing in the world to sit in your classroom and let's just do that and only only be in the music room. But if you take yourself outside the music room, you get to know kids better. For sure. All right, moving on to relationships with others, just, you know, people in your family or Mm -hmm. your friends. What do you think, Emily? Um, Here's my thoughts. I think we need to not miss this chance over the Christmas season to deepen relationships with our people. This is a season when everybody's kind of leaning in, and so we don't want to waste those precious moments of relationship development opportunities on cell phones or television, which is, oh my gosh, we're all so guilty of that. Um, me as a millennial, probably more than most people. Um, but I'm really trying to create a space anywhere in my living room, in my car, in my kitchen counter, wherever my people happen to be gathering for connection in the moment. And I, like I said earlier, I think that stems from asking deep question, deep questions, and then listening really well and making it a conversation. I think it depends on looking each other in the eyes and laughing with each other Because connection is what makes us humans. Connection is what drives our life. Without connection, that's when we we experience disconnection. And disconnection is one of the most heartbreaking, ground-shaking feelings for people um, because you lose meaning. Um, So I'm going to step off my soapbox for a second and just say um, this season is perfect for developing connection with all the people, with your people in your world, with your students, with whoever. Um, And I think one really cool place to start, like if you're seeing aunt whoever for the first time in a really long time and you want to have a deep connective conversation, Mm -hmm. once you've like got the how's this, how's that, like how's your kids, how's your house, whatever. um, I like to ask this question. What is one role you have that you feel to be misunderstood and why? Um, It's such a deep question and it makes people like pause and be like, wait, I don't know. 
But then when you offer someone a place to be a little bit vulnerable and then they trust you enough to lean in and be vulnerable, Mm -hmm. um, I think that's where connection happens. Yeah. And then you can see them and be like, oh, I see why people would feel that way. But I don't feel that way. Like, Mm -hmm. here's how I feel about you. Um, Like, for example, um, my mom and I were having this conversation and um, she was saying, like, sometimes the way that you're seen as a mother um, kind of, like, makes people have different expectations of you Mm -hmm. or, like, judgments of you. And we got to have this really cool conversation about that. And for myself, I'm not a mom yet, but I hope to be one day. So I was, like, learning from that. Yeah. Um, So that's what I mean about asking pointed, intentional questions and then going where the conversation takes you. Yeah. Instead of just being like, hey, how are you? How's life? Like, getting deeper than that. Yeah. I love that. And I think it does take intention, but I really try when I'm walking into a family moment to be like, I'm going to make a couple of genuine deep connections with a couple of people Yeah, today. Love it. I do too. Awesome. All right. And then you have in the notes here, yeah. I love this, bring back family game night. Yes. Which I love do because um, we have been talking about that in my family for a while. My husband, Scott, and I have been talking about we need to have like – now, we have – my oldest daughter, I have shared custody with my ex-husband, so I don't have her all the time. Yeah. So we talked about, like, even if it was, like, every other Saturday or something. Yeah. Or even if it's just once a month. Like, yes. that would be better than nothing. Yes. To have a night where we all sit down and we play games. And Macy is six and is finally now getting really getting into games. Like, I think she could totally enjoy yep. it now. So... Yeah. I have a younger sister who, where our span is really huge. I'm uh-huh. 25. My youngest sister is 15. Uh-huh. And then we're like sprinkled throughout that. Uh-huh. And so it can be really hard to find something that we all want to do at the same time with this like, you know, young adult all the way down to early teenager yeah. spread that we have in our family. And game night is just a win. Yeah. Like order pizza and like get like fun drinks and snacks and things. And just like sit around and play something that is accessible for everybody. Like yeah. if you don't know where to belong in a conversation about like so-and-so's career, you totally know how to belong when you're playing Euchre. It's just yeah. a really like easy way to meet somebody um, on common ground. Yeah. Apples to apples. It's yes. my all-time favorite game yes. for that. We, it's so We good. have played it like almost every year at – at one of the family get-togethers we, we have yep. with, like, my cousins and mm-hmm. aunts and uncles. We just love it. So, yeah. That is a good a, example. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anything else with harm? Um, no, I think that's good. I think one other thing that I like to do, too, when I'm thinking about relationships and building them is to utilize time that would otherwise go to waste. Um, so, like, when my husband and I will be driving, because this is also, like, a season of driving. We're all probably, like, yeah. taking long drives to see family. We'll, like, look up lists on Pinterest or something of, like, marriage check-in questions and, like, run through a list of questions that are, like, designed to make you a little bit uncomfortable. But, like, this is your person. It's your husband. Yeah. Get uncomfortable. Talk about it. Like, it's what bonds you together and lets you understand each other. Um, But I think that could apply to anything, to friends or parents or whoever you want to connect with. You using something like a list of questions kind of comes off more as a game. Yes. So it's a way to be like, let's do this to occupy our time, but it actually makes deep connections happen. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Let's move on to spirit. So in your blog post, you mentioned meditating and I have to tell you, this is so funny. So I just got two meditating books. I talk about, I talked about one of the meditation books I got on the last podcast episode mm-hmm. and, um, so I published that podcast episode and then Tanya from Music Teacher Coffee Talk reached out to me and she said, I just listened to your latest podcast episode and enjoyed it. You should download the Headspace app. Yes. And then that same day, I don't, I'm not kidding you, that same day I read your blog post oh where you said goodness. you have to download the Headspace app. So yes. I've done it for three days now. Isn't it magical? It's hard. amazing. Really hard. Yeah, it's maybe amazing. maybe less for you than for me. I found it so challenging when to I like first started. Stop the thoughts yes. from coming. Yeah, yes. but it's a practice thing, like anything else. Yeah, but it makes me feel like relaxed and kind of just like in tune with things. Mm-hmm. And I think the trick is like using the skills that you learn during meditation to like when I'm just having a conversation with someone or when I'm driving, like really mm-hmm. being mindful of what's happening around me and really feeling that. And yeah. Kind of like, I don't know, just embracing that. Mindfulness training is so important because 
in this world of like really instant gratification, like email bangs and text bangs and like everything just is readily available for us. Right. Like it's so hard to be mindful. And I think probably as teachers, we can all think of a day where we like w- went to work. Then all of a sudden we were leaving work and it was like, where was I all day? Yeah. Like I just like existed through that day. Right. Because you were not in touch with your spirit. Yes. And I am so bad about that. So it's training myself to be mindful that helps me to be present in my life. Yeah. Because your work life is part of your life, a big part of your life. Yeah. And if you're not like engaging with it, you're kind of wasting it. Because like work is not something to be lived through. It's something to enjoy. Yeah. And so this Headspace app is totally free. There yep. are there yep. is like an add-on. Like you could you could pay money for more, but it's it can be totally free. And the guy that like kind of like leads you through the meditation yes. is British. Some I don't know. Something oh, I love listening to his voice, whatever. It's so soothing. You're so right. <laughs> it just makes you feel relaxed just listening. Yes. I don't know. For me. Where do you sit? Are you just in your bed? I actually sit on the floor in my bedroom. Yeah. So okay. I've been doing it after my shower. Oh, that and sounds just, wonderful. Yeah, I just, like, I'm in my bathrobe, and I sit on my floor, and I just do the meditation. Sometimes my cat is, like, loving all over me, and that's a yes. little bit distracting, but... I do it in the closet. Like really? Person. I literally have, like, this huge pillow. Oh, that's a good idea, and actually. And candles yeah. in my closet on the floor, and I'll, yeah. like, go in there and, like, get cozy and light some candles, and it's, like, oh, nothing can touch me. I'm in my closet. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, so definitely check out the Headspace app. Uh, yeah, and then... Along the same lines as spirit, um, I actually wrote a 30-day devotional because I was feeling so just like crazy convicted about the way that the holiday season is Mm -hmm. versus the way it should be and what it could be. I think we are all so encouraged to spend a lot of money, um, waste a lot of time, Mm -hmm. and be frantic all Mm -hmm. season. And I think that is the opposite of what this entire season of our year is meant to be. Right. But if you believe that too, what I've learned over the past couple of years is that like there's just no way it happens. It doesn't just happen that you have a restful holiday. You have to be so intentional. Mm-hmm. And so this is a 30-day devotion about practical steps for giving a large dose of intention to your daily life. So we're kind of breaking down being intentional about pretty much every area of life and holiday life that I could possibly dream up um and as you can probably tell from the way that I kind of process things I'm a very practical thinker like I like to have next steps so the idea of this devotional is it's an email format so you would sign up and subscribe and then every morning around 4 a.m there's an email dropped to your inbox so no matter how early you get up it'll be there I think it's a great way to start your day if you don't have some sort of like quiet meditative practice in the morning, whatever that looks like for you. Um, I think this would be a great kickoff point. Um, It will take five minutes, no more. So if you can squeeze in five minutes to devote to yourself and your personal well-being and self-care, this would be a great next step, I think. The model is there's like a scripture at the beginning, which is based on the common book of prayer that's used in Advent. Um, So if you're walking through an Advent season, this is – that's kind of what it's inspired from. And then there's a devotional, which is about a couple paragraphs, I mean, very short, mm-hmm. couple of thoughts based on that scripture, and then a prayer to kind of like round out your day. Um, and then my hope is that that will kind of give you a next step to use in the very next day that you're about to walk through right. that will help in, enrich your life in a small way right then because I think it's great to consume things but it's better to put them in practice yeah so that's kind of what my um inspiration was for it so this devotional started the first day of December we're recording this on the 10th Uh so you just go to my we'll put this in show notes go to my blog sign up for the devotional and just join us you don't have to do the whole month right you know join us wherever you are listening to this Uh um yeah and especially as we go off of school and into the break season my hope for you and us and all of us is that we find time to rest and that we would prioritize that rest even over the 10th White Elephant Gift Exchange this year. Yes. So I signed up for it and it has been a really great way to start my day. Like I probably shouldn't be reading email in bed before I actually get up, but that's the reality. That's what I'm doing. But I, So I've been reading the devotional email 
before I get out of bed. And it is a really nice way to start the day. Mm-hmm. And I should say, in, in full di- disclosure, I was not brought up in a very religious household at yeah. all. But I still feel like that email is just a nice, they're just great thoughts about yeah. being a good yep. human being and just like yeah. really um, being mindful of other people and of yourself. And yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would say like this is coming from a Christian worldview, but I think it would be applicable to any life, any person who just wants to invest well into their life. Yes, for sure. All right. Moving on to body? Body. Okay. Oh, we all love to talk about body during Christmas. <laughs> during Christmas cookie season. It feels so good to talk about our body. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so you are good about working out every day or almost At every five day? Five days a week. I don't um, work out on the weekends. Okay. My husband does, and I'm like, bye. Yeah. See, you, <laughs> see you later. I'm not coming with you. Um, but I do work out 30 minutes a day and not a, one more uh-huh. five days a week. This has been something I've been doing for, I think I haven't missed a week for about a two years, which was a out-of-nowhere radical change in my life. Like, Probably, I can think of like five years where I was constantly setting like a resolution because I would like get on the scale and be unhappy or right, right. not fit in something and be mad. And I'd be like, okay, I'm going to start working out. And I would go really hard for two weeks and then I would give up. Yes. And that was like a recurring pattern over and over and over and over. But finally, I learned that if I don't like to do something, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. I hate running. So I will not run. Yeah. If I made myself run, I wouldn't work out. That right. Was, that was like the pattern I was stuck in is that I was like, I like envisioned myself as a runner. I would love to be someone who runs. Uh-huh. So I would force myself to do it, hate it, uh-huh. and eventually stop. Right. And so finally I was like, no, I am going to work out the way that I want to work out and feels good for my body. Uh-huh. And so I started with yoga, which is like the easiest way to start working out. Mm-hmm. Um and I loved it and loved it and loved it. And finally, I was like, you know, I feel like my heart rate isn't raising enough. I'd mm-hmm. like to explore something different. Mm-hmm. But by then, I had the um, like the habit of yeah. waking up and working out every morning. Yeah. And once the habit was in place, it all fell together. So my advice is work out for half an hour a day, but just move. Move. Whether it's yoga, walking, um, what, literally whatever right. you like to do. Swim, bike, doesn't matter. Right. Move your body for 30 minutes in the morning before you finish your morning routine. Mm-hmm. Do whatever you want. But then after a few months go by, if you're like, you know, these like leisurely morning walks are great, but I actually kind of want to raise my heart rate a little bit more, mm-hmm. then maybe start doing some HIIT workouts or some interval training, right. which I know sounds like intimidating if you don't have a like workout practice, but it isn't once you are used to it, right. once you're in the habit. Yes. Um, they say it takes 21 days to make a habit. So my challenge to you is that – if you would like to, maybe you would like to make a habit in your life of working out three mornings a week for 30 minutes. That's mm-hmm. what you would like to do. Do it for 21 days. And then at the end of that time, I think you'll find it's in your rhythms. It's in your, it's in like your body clock. And if you miss it a day, you'll kind of be like, oh, I don't feel good. Yeah. I would really like to go work out. And once your body is telling you, I would like to do this, you're over the hump. The yeah. challenge is behind you. When I think, you know. Come January 1st, like so many people make resolutions, so and I've totally done it too, where I'm like, Yes, I'm gonna work out every day, and then or work out even three times a week, and I don't do it because I don't make that habit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, those are all really great thoughts. Yeah, um, something that has helped me while I've worked out, and I think I got this idea yes. from you, yes. is to watch Insta stories while I work out. It's the best, yeah, because like I just don't always have time to sit there and watch Insta stories, but I do really enjoy it. So, for those of you who have an Instagram account, so yes. I am um, on Instagram at Mrs. Miracles Music Room, and Emily is at Emily Karst all over the world. I am Emily Karst, yeah. <laughs> and so, and Emily posts Insta stories every day. I don't always mm. every day, but it's like a few times a week I try to do it. Um, but I like watching other people's, but yep. if I don't sit there and make you know, yes. a plan to do it, then I just won't do it. So that's a good time to do it. Cause like if yes. I'm on the elliptical, I can just like put my phone there and just let yep. it go. Yes. When I am in ultimate, I do not want to work out. I'm skipping it mode. I tell myself, okay, we're not going to skip it, but you know what? You can sit on the bike, pedal at a low like level uh-huh. for 30 minutes uh-huh. and watch all your Insta stories. Yeah. And that's what gets me there Sunday. Yeah. And yeah. then I always find too, that if I tell myself like, 
just go there and do that. I might actually get there once I'm awake and in my gym, closing in the gym and be like, oh no, I am going to go and run. Yes. Um, well, and I feel like sometimes getting over the hump of, I don't really want to do this. Once I do it, I actually have more energy, yes. which you wouldn't think that you would have more energy after working out, but you do. Yep. I mean, I think, yeah, you do. And I think there's deciding and there's deciding. There's like, I would really like to do this and I'll give it a try. And there's deciding like, no matter what, I have made the decision. Nothing will stop me from working out for 30 minutes or moving my body for 30 minutes this morning. Yeah. And I think like once I got in that habit, there's always a voice in the morning that goes, I want to go to bed. Right. But there's a larger <laughs> voice that's like, that's not what we do. Right. We don't do that. Yeah. And it's just gotten easier because it's like, that's just yeah. a habit. And you are much better at really being intentional with working out than I am, but... Yeah, but it is new. I was definitely in a season where I was not doing that for a long, long time. I think it's just like it clicks and then it's clicked. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And then I also think like sometimes I think what I have a hard time with as far as like getting myself to do it is it almost feels like inorganic. Like for me to go, you know, running in the cold or for me to go on the elliptical, it just doesn't feel natural. So like yesterday when I was organizing, I actually did feel my heart raise yes because I was like going from what I was pulling stuff out to going to the bedroom coming back going to the basement like just putting things where yep. they needed to go so you know if you're doing things around the house and your yes. heart rate is being raised up yep. then hey that can be your exercise Absolutely. for the day you know and I think part of self-care is not just like I'm gonna care for myself this Christmas so I'm going to eat 10 Christmas cookies and sit here all day it's not that's not actually good self-care for very long. You might have one day where that's what you need right. and, and give it to yourself. But I would call that more self-comfort. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with an occasional self-comfort, but it's not a good lifestyle. I would say self-care is caring for yourself well now so you don't find yourself in January being like, shoot, I took like 10 steps back in right. my physical wellness. Right. And now I have to make up for that, which is throwing me out of alignment right. when I wanted to enter this new year really aligned and ready to start my year. And so I would just say like when you're like relaxing, don't make choices you'll have to undo later. Like feel free to indulge a little bit, but as much as you can, care for yourself well now mm-hmm. so that it follows you into later. That's what I would say too. Yeah. When I'm like teaching during the day too, yes. um, there are times when I will like stand up on my desk and I'm like, Oh, I've been sitting there for two hours because this happened to be like a weird planning day. Yeah. And all this time. And now I feel a little bit like a, like a t- potato. Right. So I'm going to like do something. And I'll just stand up and do like five squats and be like, oh, that was better. It's just yeah. like listening to your body. Right. And like if you feel your body being like, I'm lethargic and I feel like weird. Yeah. Just like do something real quick. Like yeah. jog in place for a second. Do a few jumping jacks. And you can totally get exercise at school too, just naturally through teaching. Like if you're totally. doing a folk dance or today I was doing seesaw with my first graders and yeah. I was always like modeling how to do the seesaw or the teeter-totter. I was like, ooh, that kind of burns. Right. <laughs> I'm getting some exercise right now. So, I mean, keep that in mind too as a music yeah. teacher. It's One of my schools does a Just Dance unit, and I'm like, this is the most blessed unit because (laughs) the kids come in here and dance, and I wear my gym clothes, and I dance, but I don't go to the gym all week. Yeah, it's it's the best ever. Yes. So you want to talk about what we're consuming? Sure do. All right. So Scott and I have been watching Homecoming. Have you seen this at all? I've seen it. I haven't watched it. So Uh I'm very fascinated for you to tell me about it. It's really intriguing. It's kind of like um, a little bit of a almost like kind of campy 70s horror movie-ish. Really? Yeah. The way that they set up like the beginning credits and the end credits it really kind of feels like retro 70s it's really oh my gosh I'm fascinated but the storyline is also super interesting like you kind of think you know what's going on but you don't totally so Julia Roberts is in it it's on Amazon Prime if you have Amazon Prime and um, she is helping um, veterans who have come back to kind of adjust to life after the military but it's got a bunch of twists and turns in it. Oh, really interesting. Yeah. That sounds right up my alley. Is it kind of like Stranger Things? Um, 
I have had a couple moments when I've watched yeah. it that have just been slightly they're like retroy scary things. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, it's not like horror like Stranger Things. Which if you have not watched Stranger Things, you need watch to go do right that right now. now. Yes, <laughs> but um, but there are parts of it. Maybe it's just yeah, like that retro, like yeah. campy kind of thing that it does. There, there are elements to it that kind yes. of remind me of Stranger Things. It's it's really good. Okay, yeah. I'm totally down. Um. I have a few. So I'm going to give you like a Christmas overload because Christmas is my favorite thing <laughs> ever, ever, ever. And so here's what I've been continuing. One, the next great British baking show. If you are looking for something to make you feel calm and at ease with your life and the world around you, all you really need to do is watch a bunch of British people like make a Victorian sponge. It is so magical. Magical is the only word for it. It feels like Disney World. I love this show. Like, it is literally self-care for me. Like, I will go downstairs and, like, be in my jammies and watch the next Great British Baking Show and be like, okay, this is everything. It's all I need. I'm so relaxed. That's awesome. It's, like, so unlike American cooking shows. Like, you know how Chopped is, like, stressful? Super stressful. Like, your heart rate is going to increase just from watching them. And they're, like, yelling at the contestants. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> right. Oh, you're screaming. Um, but they're much nicer. I've watched a yes. couple episodes. Andrew Ellingson, who's been on this podcast before, actually introduced me to the great oh, British so good. baking show. And I was like, oh my goodness. Like, I just, it's so, it's like nice without being like overly, like, you yes. are so amazing. Everything yes. you do is amazing. But it's nice. It's like supportive. Calm. It's supportive. But yeah. they'll also be like, that was a terrible Victorian sponge. <laughs> But in general, they're very nice. Yes. <laughs> it's very peaceful. Okay, so watch that. For sure, watch that. And then also, Christmas movies on repeat. Um, there are three Christmas movies I saw for the first time this year, which you might like be. I know you're shocked. Seriously? You're shocked. because I'm looking at the notes right now. I, know. I cannot believe. Oh, I you're know. such a millennial. It's, I know. <laughs> I know. It came out before I was born. I think. But anyway. Probably. I think it did. Um <laughs> So this is what's going to be shocking for everyone. I have never seen Home Alone before <laughs> this year. And when I told my husband that, he said, let's watch Home Alone. And I was like, I don't know. I've never seen it. And he was shocked. He was like, what? Were you born in 94? Three. 93. Okay. Yeah. It was 1990. Well, there you go. <laughs> um, so he was like, that's un-American un of you. You sit down right now. We're going to watch this. I mean, stop no, have everything. you watched Home Alone 2 and 3? Are they worth it? Um, they're pretty entertaining. Home Alone, okay. I think Home Alone is probably oh, the best. Iconic. Yeah. I've but now Home Alone 2 Home and 3 Alone. are pretty entertaining. Yes. From I've, what I remember. I've now seen Home Alone three times, and I just watched it for the first time last week, so that's just like saying what's yeah. been going on with my TV life lately. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, so good. Oh, my gosh. And then also, that's on Stars, by the way. Uh-huh. Um, Christmas with the Cranks is streaming on Amazon Prime. Had never really seen that one before. I don't think I've ever other seen than that like one. Like on the background on TV. Uh huh. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. Who's so fun. who's in it? Tim Allen. Ted Allen. What's Tim his name? Allen? Tim, Tim Allen. Ted <laughs> Allen's the guy on Chopped. Full circle. Um, <laughs> Tim Allen is in it. Uh huh. And I love him because uh -huh. he's Buzz Lightyear and the Santa Claus. <laughs> and how could you not love him? And Home Improvement for those who are my age. <laughs> Not, not sure about that one. Um, but Chris is with the Craigs. It's everything. It's so good. And the end. Oh, my gosh. I cried. I saw. Okay. I'll so have to good. check it out. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Watch it with your girls. They'll, okay. Jenna will laugh so hard. It's so okay. fun. All right. Um, and then also Christmas Chronicles, brand new. Just came out on Thanksgiving Day. Okay. It's a Netflix original. So stinking funny. My whole family loved it. This was another, like, whole range of family from uh -huh. my grandmas to my youngest sister loved this okay. laughed our way through it. it is gonna be an instant classic it is so so funny that okay. one's on netflix okay cool. so i've got your stars a netflix and an amazon prime pick okay and then also things i'm consuming i'm a i love to cook i love it love it love it baking cooking it's like a big self-care thing for me i love to come home and like whip up dinner it's just the most peaceful thing now i will say i'm pre-kids in my life right now so i know this might change when there's like a Gotta get dinner on the table for four people by six o'clock. Right. right now, it's very peaceful. It's just my husband and me. So I'm like taking the time to kind of like really learn how to make dinner a peaceful part of my day and kind of like build my recipe knowledge for ones that I'm just, 
I love consistently. Mm-hmm. So I have two cookbooks that I'm cooking my way all the way through because they're so good, so accessible. Love them. And they are Dinner Changing the Game by Melissa Clark. I actually heard about this on another podcast called Selfie, which is great if you want to check that out. It's actually about self-care, oh, which okay. is a big theme today. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, this cookbook is like the fanciest, but everything is a 30-minute meal. Oh, and it awesome. is the fanciest thing. And it's not expensive. There's not that many ingredients. But it's, like, not, like, chicken cheddar ranch with gravy. Like, right. some, like, 30-minute meal you'd see on, like, I don't know, Crock-Pot cooking book. Not uh-huh. there's anything wrong with the Crock-Pot cookbook. Right. But this is, like, a fancier yeah. version of that. Yeah. So, so good. And then also... Our girl, Joanna Gaines, uh, oh, her. bless her. She has a cookbook called Magnolia Cookbook. Uh-huh. It's just perfect. I've made the enchiladas from it, the quiche from oh, it. Oh, I have to check that and out. Biscuits and gravy. Oh, my goodness. It's so good. It's so, like, comfort food. Yeah. It's just the best. And the cookbook is so pretty. Because it could be she's like a, Joanna Gaines. Of course. Yeah. Uh-huh. It could be, like, a coffee table book. Awesome. I will check those out. Thank you so much. This was fun. This was really fun. I love Thank you this. so much for coming on. And I, I hope that those of you listening um, have gotten something from it and yeah. can use these thoughts to really think about 2019. Yeah. And just we just wish you the most happy new year yes. and Merry Christmas slash happy holidays. Yeah. And just enjoy this time. Invest in yourself because yeah. you deserve it. And you are so much more than just your school life. So take a minute to invest in you outside of school. You deserve it. For sure. All right. Bye. Bye, everyone.